Welcome to the Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your human reboot. Welcome to the human reboot and today's guest is the fantastic Heather Waring. Heather is a walk leader, Camino expert, transformational coach, author and speaker and her mission is to impact the lives of women through the simple activity of walking. In fact her mission is to get one million women walking. Heather, would you like to tell us a little bit more about that mission? I'd be delighted to. Uh, It's an interesting one, isn't it? And uh, people often ask me, how on earth did you decide on this number? And I tell you, it was like picking a number out of the air because a, a mentor I had been working with was kind of helping me drill down to what my real purpose was in my work. And uh, when I said, basically, it's impacting the lives of women through walking. And she said, so how many women? So it was kind of like, okay, what about a million? So we've now got 7,000 in my um, Facebook community. So I guess we're on our way. (laughs) And I'm proud to be one of those women. (laughs) Thank you, Emma. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's... um, You know, walking is one of those activities that when I started talking about it years ago, people kind of would look at me and go, walking? What do you mean? That's kind of serious exercise. That's not exercise, you know. But actually, it's very interesting that now walking is everywhere. There are so many walking groups. There are so many articles about walking. There's even science now that backs up a lot of what I was spouting about years ago. And it's just fabulous to see. And of course, it's one of those things that is so easy to integrate into your everyday. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so fabulous because people who don't really like the gym, don't want to go swimming every day, don't like running, it's something that they can actually do and of course you can choose your pace so you can do anything from power walking to going for a dander and uh, it's still a walk yeah and and uh, I probably wouldn't have said it a few years ago um that you know that I love walking mm. and uh, even I mean we have we've had the conversation about it's a pleasure to walk in the summer and is it a pleasure to walk in the winter <laughs> um but yeah it's a, I I quite weirdly quite like to walk in the rain yeah and just feel the rain yeah. and uh it's a it, it's a sometimes a really great feeling so I'd love to hear a bit more about um about your journey um and about how you've rebooted in your life kind of where you've ended up now in terms of kind of your career and and business and and your real drive to to get women walking yeah I mean surprisingly walking features in there um I I burnt out in uh 2013-2014 I I'd spent the kind of probably about 
even about 10 years previous to that, kind of feeling that something was missing, but not quite sure, sure what it was. So it wasn't that life was bad. It was just like there was, it was like a jigsaw. There was one piece that uh, meant I couldn't complete the picture. And I'm sure a lot of people identify with this. And of course, the, t- the, the more this time went on, it did come to a buildup where I would be lying in bed at night and I would be quietly sobbing so I didn't wake my husband because I just felt so lost and so detached. And I've always been someone who's had lots of energy and has a bit of a sparkle in her eye. And um, that just seemed to have gone. And the interesting thing was that, of course, in the daylight, things were better. They were never as bad again because you would talk to people. You'd be busy doing things that you enjoyed doing. And it was only in those dark, dark hours that it really would come back really to haunt me. The trouble was I didn't know who could help me. I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know if anyone could help me. Uh, In fact, I felt that no one could. And I was really worried that I would never find this kind of sparky, energetic woman again. And I mean, I wasn't old at the time. So it was like, you know, is this is this how the rest of my life's going to be? But of course, on the other side, I was also saying to myself, oh, come on, what have you got to be ungrateful for? What have you got to complain about? You know, you have a a healthy daughter, you have a great husband, you have a home, great friends, you go on holidays, you know, you have you have a, a work that you love. So what have you got to complain about? And I think that stops a lot of us, like maybe delving further, because we think, you know, a lot of other people's lives are worse than ours. And, and they always there always are people who are worse off than you. But actually, that comparisonitis can be a bad thing. And, you know, we shouldn't necessarily be comparing ourselves with others, because if we are unhappy in the life that we're living, then we're not we're not showing up the best we can be for our families, for our friends, for our colleagues, for our businesses, for our careers, for the places we work, all of those things. So it's really important that we get it right. And I actually burnt out then. Actually, after I'd done a section of the Camino de Santiago, it wasn't the Camino de Santiago that burnt me out, I will say, Um, though it didn't help in that the temperatures were extreme and we weren't sleeping and I came back exhausted. But I then spent three days in this place of not caring what I ate, not caring whether I got dressed or not, not able to make decisions, which is so unlike me. And I then picked up a book that I read every year. And I remember it was the 1st of October. And the reading was all about your candle being um, extinguished. And it was all about burnout. And I read it going tick, 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 tick. And suddenly thought, this is this is what it is. And within that, actually, there was an element of relief because then I knew what on earth was wrong with me. So. I started, I took time off and I started to find my way back to me. And I did have help from alternative therapists. I did have some counseling, but I also used walking and nature. And I gradually, because I was exhausted, I couldn't walk as far as I had been. I gradually started walking in nature and that slow pace helped me 
to connect with nature, ground myself, connect with me and start to find my way back again. And, you know, the one thing I'd love to say to people is that those kind of times in life are really scary. There's lots of things that life throws at us that are really scary and we don't know how we're going to get through. And the fear of addressing the things can be paralyzing. But my message to you is, do you know, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. We, we in our minds, we conjure up what it's going to be like and how difficult it's going to be. And it's definitely not easy. However, once you start to unravel or unpeel those layers of that onion, actually it becomes easier and you can step through to the other side and you can turn up as an even stronger, more vibrant, better version of yourself, which is exactly what happened to me. And in that, I had the realization and also working with a mentor who helped me realize that walking is what I'd wanted to do for a long, long time. And so why the hell was I trying to find everything else? And why didn't I just do that? And that gave birth to what I'm doing now. Oh, it's amazing. And your story resonates with me so much. The, you know, the the tears part at night, mine really wasn't at night. Mine was when I was in the car on my own. Um, and that was very similar feelings around, you know, why doesn't it feel right? And, you know, I've just kind of been promoted in a job and I should be grateful for, mm. for where I am and my family's healthy and things like that. But it just sometimes you just it takes a lot more than that to really understand, to step back and really find out what's going on. So whether if kind of looking back, were there any kind of key signs that, um, you know, that you can identify that, that might help our listeners if they're feeling a little bit this way? Yeah, I think you continuously feel under pressure. You you have this kind of lack of clarity and this, well, foggy brain is a term that's used quite a lot now, um, where you just you just can't get clear. Also for me, and I know for a lot of other women, increased irritability and you end up flying off the handle um, for the least little thing. And sadly, often, of course, you take that out on your, your family because they're the people who you know are not going to turn right and tell you to piss off and walk out on you, you know. And and so, you know, I used to I used to very quickly shout at something and I used to have these meltdowns. I mean, this was this was nearer the actual crux of breakdown, but I burn out. But I remember being in the kitchen, having this conversation with my husband and just feeling he wasn't getting it. And just it was like something just kind of um, snapped. And I ended up just going on a tirade of, you know, ah! and then turning around, walking out, grabbing the car keys and driving up into the forest and sitting howling in the car. <laughs> and I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was awful. So it's just this feeling of pressure because for me, definitely, I was I was one of those women who, although um intellectually I knew that superwoman wasn't possible uh, and superwoman is something from way way back and there's probably a lot of younger women listening which, what the hell is she talking about but there was a book called superwoman by Shirley Conran and it was about women being able to have it all 
And I think there's an, a lot of women who still do feel they can have it all. Why shouldn't they have it all? And I'm not saying you can't have the career and the family and uh, or the business and all these things. But I do think there is a you have to decide on priorities and you've got to decide on balance. So as I say, intellectually, I knew for me that I didn't want to be striving and pushing and and just I didn't want it to be so hard. I wanted more of that balance. But I find myself, you know, saying yes. I love ideas. I love new, exciting ideas. So rather than think, have I got enough ideas to work on? I'd go, yeah, yeah. What are we going? When are we going to do that? So I would take more and more things on. And then, of course, the to-do list was overflowing. Um, so I was working too hard. I was working too many hours. I was just pushing. And that had to stop. And, and do you know, our bodies have an amazing way of making us stop if we don't stop. And so, you know, if if anyone's listening and they're recognizing this and they're finding themselves saying, yeah, but I'll stop when that's exactly what I did. And on different occasions at different levels, my body made me stop. But of course, it wasn't until the burnout that I really took it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So things like um, when you've got a holiday, you know, or a break from work and then you're ill <laughs> while you're off. Holiday story of of uh, first day sitting uh, on the sun lounger, got up um, to turn over and felt something in my back go. And uh, I thought, oh, no. So I, I swam because swimming's really good for you because it's, you know, it's not weight bearing. And it just got worse. And day four in, we had to abandon the holiday because I was in so much pain. In fact, I woke up in the middle of the night. Want this will give your listeners a laugh. I woke up in the middle of the night wanting to go to the loo. Of course, it's hot, so I got nothing on. So I've kind of the only way of getting out of bed was kind of roll out of bed. So I ended up my knees on the floor, like. <laughs> I couldn't get up <laughs> so I'm kind of stuck on the floor and I'm calling my husband who wakes up helps me get up by the time I got to the loo I was so tense I couldn't even go to the loo <laughs> so yeah <laughs> your body has a way of stopping you yeah definitely so just thinking about something else that you said in in that conversation you mentioned about just not knowing where to go to for help mm. and I think you know I think sometimes you know I've been in a situation of burnout and I just didn't spot the signs like yourself until it was too late really I kind of knew I wasn't happy I knew I was really stressed um you know within kind of my, my job but I just didn't really I thought I was on my own mm. yeah and I, and I didn't, and I think because I'd worked kind of in that environment, I didn't necessarily have as, I didn't have a, as huge a network as I've got now of, you know, of diverse and amazing people in that network that I just could reach out to now if I like, if I felt anything or, you know, um, any symptoms of anything, I could just message someone and say, have you ever had this? you know, or, or whatever. And I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel bad about it. I wouldn't feel like I was questioning my superwoman. <laughs> um, because yes, I, I have, I had that kind of, you know, high performance mentality. I, ha I still have that high performance mentality. And 
I suppose that feeling of you know it was that I can handle it all I can handle Mm. it all I can have it all and I can handle it all Mm. um but sometimes it is a, a little bit too much so I mean it's great that you reached out for help I I didn't necessarily do that. I kind of I kind of went within myself, which probably made me worse for a short period of time. But I did absorb myself in learning, um, mm-hmm. and I did walk, and I did pause, and I connected with other people, which is very similar to kind of the first steps that that you took as well. So, what kind of helped you to kind of find out what help was out there? It's hard because I do think there is, and I, you know, I lived with this for quite a long time before I did ask for help because, you know, I didn't know who to go to. And I think there is an element of, of shame around because, you know, I, I like you do some speaking and, you know, often also when you're with other people, you you can put on that mask, you know, and, and perform as you're expected to do. And, and actually, when you're in that place, you, you usually are fine. And I find that I was kind of doing that. And of course, people saw me in a certain way, people tend to see me as quite a, a confident um, woman. And that adds to the pressure of, well, if I'm not feeling great, then how can I turn around and admit that? Even though when I'm when I'm working with my clients, I will always talk to them about, you know, admitting things that are wrong, asking for help are all strengths. But that doesn't mean you always put it into practice yourself. So there was a kind of a, I felt an element of shame around, I guess, that I, as a coach especially, had allowed myself to get into this place. And I think also for women in the workplace where workplaces may not be very um, understanding of burnout and stress and things like that, it is difficult. And let's face it, burnout and stress are, that's their mental health issues. You know, we have physical health where you can often see what's wrong with people, but something like mental health, there's been so many stigmas around mental health for such a long time. Luckily, we're starting, I think, to erase some of those, but they are still around. And there are workplaces where, you know, it's still about drive, drive, drive. If you can't do what's been asked of you, then this is not the right place for you. And if you're in that place, that's very hard. But I, um, you know, GPs, God bless them. They do amazing work and they've got to be frontline for so much. But things like burnout, things like stress, things like um, adrenal fatigue, which I was also diagnosed as, they don't have any training on really they don't fully get the training on the the kind of impact of nutrition on how we are how we function what this means to our mood and to aches and pains even in our body so I I suppose my reaching out was to alternative therapists, people like you in my network, asking if they knew people who I could talk to. And actually, the lady I ended up having some counselling with, she was a psychotherapist, but she was also a sacral, a cranial sacral therapist or a sacral cranial therapist. I'm sorry, I'm not, I haven't got the right term. And I went to her for one of those sessions first. And then, and she was the third person in three days to tell me that my 
connection between mind body was was nearly severed, which had a huge impact on me because I always felt I was a really in tune, like in touch with my feelings person. And to me, this was telling me I wasn't. Um, so I found her in that way. I also, through working with a somatic educator who was helping me to deal with some aches and pains in my body, it was her that actually identified the adrenal fatigue. And adrenal fatigue and burnout, adrenal fatigue and stress often go hand in hand because as women, we have less testosterone. So we are really battering our adrenals and we're raising our cortisol levels. Um, and that doesn't help our situation. But again, doctors will not diagnose that. So she suggested I went to an, um, a naturopath or a nutritionist who um, guided me to doing a saliva test who told me about my adrenal fatigue. Now, the doctors had done blood tests. And doctors told me that my blood tests were all normal. So if I hadn't had this saliva test and the adrenal fatigue side of things, I think I would have gone on feeling nothing was wrong and yet sort of blaming myself because things weren't right. Because we know when things are, in, we, we know intuitively when things are not right. So um, yeah, I would, I if anyone's stressed, if anyone's feeling like they're burning out, heading that direction, you know, my one of my missions now is to help women nip that in the bud. Um, but, you know, also, so please do feel you can reach out, but also, you know, think about going to a naturopath or a nutritionist and talking to them. Most of them will have a chat with you for, you know, just a free discussion, free consultation. But explore that because there's so much help to begin there. And that's what got me through more than anything else at the end of the day. Yeah, I think um, a huge part with me as well was that, I kind of had probably quite a lot going on in my head and quite a lot of feelings, you know, I wouldn't have talked about to anybody because I didn't necessarily feel that the environment that I was in was perhaps a psychologically safe environment, if that makes sense. And so, you know, that, I mean, we've, we're very much on the same page, you know, in terms of, you know, wanting to help people to not get to that point, you know, that we both, you know, have been to and, and I, I suppose for me, it's it is kind of that reconnecting with yourself and trying to kind of rediscover why you feel so numb. Often, it's either yes. no more angry or quite cynical, really. In, mm. in you know about about life, even though you have a nice life and you know that you have. Um, it's yeah. all a bit bizarre, really. But I suppose for me, it was when I started talking and writing as well prose mm. I, I did a lot of writing a lot of getting getting out of my head what was in my head so that I could you know really start to understand some of those feelings and, and reconnect kind of with myself which mm. many people who do journaling find that that it's a help yeah me too I do that as well yeah um <laughs> so now that you are you know you're fully recovered you're thriving talk to me about um, how you switch off to switch on so that's really how you pause so that you can perform at your best in your work and home life there's a, there's a few different ways I do this I mean one is walking I mean walking is so much part of my everyday life that I bring it in there without always thinking 
And it's very interesting that I realized the other day how much I normally do when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, because of course, you know, the, the locations we are in and what we're able to do has been severely um, restricted. So, you know, normally if I'm going to a meeting, for instance, if it's a local meeting, I'll usually walk there or at least walk part of the way. If I go into a meeting in central London, for instance, you know, I'll take the tube a certain degree, but then I will walk the rest of the way. I often have meetings on foot. Um, I will often catch up with friends for a walk and we'll end up at a coffee shop or there'll be a coffee shop halfway round or something like that. So I suddenly realized um, how much walking I naturally did without even thinking about it, without having to think about, for instance, my step count. Whereas during um, this pandemic, I've kind of had to be much more conscious of making sure I get my walks in. But my walks are so important, especially a walk first thing in the morning. I feel that really that really sets up my day for me. Um, and it just allows me to sort of go out there, clear my head, sometimes not think about anything really at all, but at other times to kind of go over the day in my head and think about different elements of it. Um, so walking is definitely one of those things I do on a daily basis. And, you know, if I don't do it, my God, I know I get kind of, well, that brain fog comes in a bit. I, I kind of find myself just not so clear, not quite so on it. Um, and I, I end up just getting a bit antsy and, and kind of uneasy and, and uh, yeah, just sort of sitting in my chair and jigging around and, and knowing that I really, really need to get out and walk. Because the thing is, and as I say this to many people, walking is about so much more than just the physical activity of putting one foot in front of the other. And I think we've alluded to that already. But there are a mass of mental and physical benefits that walking brings us. And I'm so delighted that um, National or Mental Health Awareness Week has chosen nature as its theme because there is so much about walking in nature. You know, walking in nature, being in, and we you mentioned about, you know, it's lovely walking in the summer, but what about the winter? And I would say that actually I totally get that, but I would say that every season brings us something different and actually, you know, putting on the layers and making sure you've got the, the hats and the scarves and the gloves allows a walk in nature to be just as beautiful. And just think about those bright blue sky days where it's really crisp and gorgeous. And actually, then you can come back to a hot bath or a glass of port or a cup of coffee or whatever. But, you know, there's so much in nature that nature it, it boosts our stress busting endorphins. It it lowers our blood pressure. It slows the pace. It it gives us so much opportunity to connect with ourselves and then through our thoughts connect to other things. So, you know, that that is definitely my switch off to switch on. The other things I do is like you, I journal. I journal a lot and I find that really is calming. I, I love candles, so often I will light candles. I find that just very calming, and it's, again, especially in the winter. Um, I like to cook when I've got time. 
Um, and it's knowing what things are good for you, what things light you up. It's bringing those into your life and making sure that you do those are, I would say, the things that really help to switch off so then that you can switch on and do perform, do be when you when you need to. I'd agree with all of those things. I love <laughs> all of those things that you talked about, apart from the cooking. Right. Um, it's definitely not my forte. Yeah, I'm not allowed to cook in this house, apparently. Right. Yeah, so yeah, a tip, one of my personal tips is, if you don't want to do something in life and you've got someone else that you live with that can do it or loves doing it, pretend you're rubbish yeah, at it. Absolutely. I must admit, in our house, my husband does most of the day-to-day -day cooking, which is why my point about cooking when I have time, you know, I don't like cooking under pressure. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like cooking like with my daughter yeah. if we're going to do something. So we do quite a bit of baking through, you know, through the pandemic and things. But when I say baking... <laughs> she was better at it than me but you know I, I stirred the you know stirred the bowl or you know took Important. instruction so um do you have any personal tips that help you to live life to the full so your personal flourishing formula for living whether that be kind of for mental fitness or well-being or any really kind of key learns that perhaps you've had throughout your life which you know I think it, again I think it comes from what I was saying there um you know I'm a big believer in that it's really important that we know our true selves um and I, again a lot of the work that I do is around helping women rediscover sometimes and reconnect and then hopefully reignite their spark but you know re rediscovering and reconnecting their true self and and just building on what I was saying I think a lot of that is about knowing what makes you tick knowing what brings you joy knowing the things that light you up and have you in that lovely lovely place and what happens in life is there's so many things that knock us off that that kind of traje trajectory that we are on when we're younger women. I mean, let's face it, when we're kind of in our 20s, we have this lovely idyllic kind of idea. A lot of us do, not everybody, about kind of what we want to achieve in life. We've got dreams and aspirations. And I definitely had. And then Life comes along and, you know, careers and jobs and partners and then in time children and property and and all of those things. And, and then, of course, as you get older, aging parents and we find ourselves sort of, you know, taken off that trajectory. Now, that doesn't mean all those nice dreams and aspirations that we had are still not valid. So. In a lot of the work I do, it's helping women reconnect to those things and see if there's still things that light them up. So I am very aware of me and what lights me up. And, and my values are extremely important to me. And, you know, one of the things, again, during the whole lockdown time was the things that really light me up are a lot of the things that, that sadly we're missing. So, for instance, I love sunshine. Now, we were very blessed to have wonderful weather last year. And I always think that was the universe's way of saying, listen, I've got your back. It's not all shit. You know, it's 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 OK. Well, that was if you if you it was beautiful weather for a lot, a lot yeah, longer down south. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. 
as as nice up here for as long because I had lots of conversations with my friends in the south and they were like oh just going out to sunbathe and I was like oh I'm just going okay out I apologize for that yes um but you know I am very lucky because of the work I do on leading women in the Camino that I spend oh you know two months at least in the year in in Spain or Portugal or France so I didn't have that I didn't have my holiday that you know many of us would have abroad in the summer and you know I did some work on my DNA a couple of years ago not not the well I did some stuff on the where do you come from but I also did some stuff on my kind of fitness DNA and and what my DNA said about what I needed in my life from a kind of healthy living point of view and sunshine came up as a big thing. So I, I really missed that sunshine. And in fact, I found out at the beginning of this year that my vitamin D levels were really, really low because I never took vitamin D supplements because I never needed them. So that was interesting. So sunshine is a big thing. Also leading groups and being part of my community. I couldn't lead my groups. I couldn't even do my monthly walks. So I wasn't getting that. Um, Travel, another big, big thing for me. I love to travel um, and I couldn't do that. And freedom is one of my main values. So, of course, all these things, even being able to move around the UK, meant that that value was really compromised. And the other thing that I really brought away from my adventure or journey through burnout was my need to have regular breaks. So, I had all my regular breaks in my in my calendar for the year, many of them, of course, linked with walking trips and things like that. And of course, they all went. And without really realizing it, it was often so much easier sometimes just to pick up the computer and, and do bits and pieces. So my my real kind of blueprint for living a life you love is know what know who you are know what your values are, know what makes you tick and what lights you up and make sure that you bring all of those things into your life. If you do that, you're going to have a pretty good time, actually. Um, but I think this pandemic has really thrown a lot of that just up into the air for many people and not just for me. Can I be really naughty and add something I meant to add when we were talking about the switch off to switch on? And it was about the, the survey that I mentioned to you. Just, oh, just yes. because I think yes. this is a yes. great interest, because we have been talking. It's very hard not to mention the pandemic at all. But, you know, we did a survey within my community because we were very interested to see if what I thought what I saw happening, which was many more people walking, many more women walking, was true. And we discovered that 61.3% of women were walking more and 74% were walking for mental health, which I think given, um, you know, the Mental Health Awareness Week, that's a really important statistic. And 51, nearly 60%, were walking for space and to get out of the house to escape. Because let's remember, lots of people's houses were suddenly very crowded with partners and kids being at home. And I think I'm glad that women were recognizing that by going for a walk, you could escape, you could get out of the house, you could get that headspace, which again is aligned with mental health. And 
they mentioned mental health as a great benefit, easing isolation as a great benefit, being more aware of surroundings. I mean, this is 73% being more aware of surroundings. And what was lovely is that 36% wanted to keep walking, going when, when the world find its way back to being more open. Um, so I just I just wanted to share those statistics because I think they are very much in line with nature, they're in line with mental health, they're in line with our health and well-being and all of the things that you and I um, have been talking about, Emma. So that statistic around, uh, was it 74% um, or in, more in touch uh, with their surroundings? Yes, 73% more aware of their surroundings, more aware of colour and sound and the air quality, that kind of thing, yeah. So that's really connecting with nature, isn't it? So just to kind of leave people with, with a tip, um, a tip on how they can connect with nature, because this year's theme for Mental Health Week is nature, can you think of any little tips that people could perhaps take away? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's about being more mindful. It's about being in the moment. And if you're walking quite slowly when you're in nature, then just look around, you know, look up, look down, look to the side, because there's things to see everywhere you look. There's things to hear. And if I may, I have a free seven days of mindful walking um, offer on my website. Um that people can go and just grab and it takes you through using a sense at a time, you know, making you more aware of what you see, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you feel. Um, I always forget one, um, you know, so people are very welcome to, to get, get that. And that will help you be more mindful. It will help you connect to nature. And, and then once you're once you're kind of into that way of doing things, you do it automatically and it just fuels you and you don't need to spend a long time. You can just do it in 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And even, um, you know, things like um, identifying trees and birds and things like that. So if you want to kind of start to really kind of make it turn it into a bit of a hobby as well you can even oh, yeah. photograph you know some of the things that you see you know you can even go back and investigate what bird that was or um yeah I mean I'm very lucky in that my other half can identify most birds he knows what every tree is I don't need to come back and look it up for myself I'm like what's that over there your ha other half <laughs> and my other half seem very similar because mine can do the same with birds but there's there's apps now you know plant identifier apps bird song identifier apps those kind of things uh, that really help if you want to get more serious about this um yeah it's there's a wealth of knowledge and information out there yeah. Fabulous. So if they do want to go onto your website, what's how do they well, do that, one, Heather? One as in the, the digit one, one million women walking.com. And then they can have a good old browse around there. They'll find the seven days of mindful walking. They'll find other things that we do. They can join my um, inner circle where they find out what's going on in terms of walks and programs and things like that. And uh, yeah, just go have a browse, have a visit. Yeah. 
and even details of your Camino walks, I guess. And of course, there they can also join the Facebook community that you're also a member of. Again, talking about photographs, the women on that group love posting photographs. And that if you go to Facebook and you go to groups and you put in one million women walking, but it's the word one this time, not the digit. Sorry about the confusion. Uh, one million women walking, you'll find that group and you're very, very welcome to come join us. We'd love to have you there. Would you say that there's anybody or a community or anything or any podcasts that have really kind of um, contributed to being a key part of your journey? There's a couple of books. Um, One is a book called Simple Abundance, and it's by a lady called Sarah Ban. It's spelt Breathe Nach. B-R-E-A-T-H-N-A-C-H. I don't think it's how you pronounce it, but I don't know how you pronounce it. And it's a it's a reading for every day. And it's a beautifully written book. I've had it for years and I pick it up every year and I read it and I learn something new every day. And there's also The Artist's Way, which is written by the wonderful Julia Cameron. Um, and also the one person that I... Um, would mention is my numerologist, Freya O'Brien. I've worked with Freya for years as well. And she is is fabulous. Uh, Numerology is fascinating. And I love the way that it allows for the ebbs and flows. And really, you know, the whole idea that we're not meant to be on this 100% all the time. Um, and, And it's really guided me well in knowing when the time is right for certain things in my life. So um, that Simple Abundance by Sarah Ban Breathnack is a great book to read. Um, also, The Artist's Way by the wonderful Julia Cameron is another great book to read and really helps in terms of writing and journaling. Fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. And now I'm going to pick your brains even more about numerology because I started looking into that a couple of months ago because I'm the least wooiest version of woo, but it intrigues me. And I'm like, well, why are people so fascinated by all this woo stuff? So, but the numerology, I was like, well, this has got got to have some logic behind it. So this is, this is, this is, this is right for me, this. Freya is, is such a lovely mixture of woo and yet she comes from a corporate background and a lot of her clients are corporate and it's just the balance of bringing the numbers which she's passionate about and and some of the tarot cards to your business and you know it's it's just fascinating absolutely fascinating oh well we'll 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 continue our conversation maybe i can uh, try and get her to come and uh, be a guest and and to about numerology oh, you'd be fantastic <laughs> oh well thank you ever so much heather i've loved having you thank you very much for having me i've loved being here too thank you for listening to the human reboot podcast i'm emma last and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit the human where you can find downloadable free resources sign up to my mailing list or connect with me on social. So that's the humanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. It's time for your human reboot.